0: Welcome to episode two of Beers, Business, and Balls, a house enterprise podcast. My name is Jake Zimmer. I'm half one of two of this podcast. I'm recording from Connecticut today, and we've got Will across the
1: pond on the other side of the Long Island Sound. What's going on over there? We're living, man. We're living. You know, another day in quarantine. It was a beautiful day out on this Sunday. And uh, we're just excited. You know, we had a good first run, a lot of great reviews on episode one. So you guys kept us alive for another day, and we're excited to record episode two. Yeah, I was about to say we got lots of love on that first
0: episode, which is really great. Um, let us know what you think. Give us your honest opinions. Rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Spotify now. We're gonna be making a comeback to Apple Music soon, and uh, of course, anchor.fm, where we record our podcasts as well. Um, You know anywhere where you're listening to your podcast we want to hear from you we want to hear what you're thinking what you're liking what you're not Um, and of course we're we're willing to take all the feedback we can pretty much so thanks for sending all the love a lot of requests to get on the show too Um, I don't know we might have to filter some people out here will but uh, we 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 definitely getting some good love
1: exactly we're excited to have our first guest on this episode a uh, good friend of ours, David Silverman, uh, photographer for the New England Patriots, New England Revolution, Brian Athletic, and so much more. So you get to listen to him in an exclusive um, interview later on this podcast. And just a reminder to check us out on Instagram at the.bbv.podcast and on Twitter at underscore bbb underscore podcast. We'll have some exclusive content in there with also updates on the podcast and what's going on. So definitely hit us with a follow and reach out to us over there too. Yeah, it's definitely going to
0: be really good when we're cranking content out. And of course, given the current situation, I think that's going to be no issue of finding time to do that. So send us some tweets, start some fights. If you disagree with us on a hot sports take, let us know and we'll come guns a
1: blazing right back at you. Exactly. And going off the content aspect, we're going to be launching a website soon, um, it'll be House Enterprises, which is our overarching structure, not only with the podcast and um, the brewery that we have, but also we want to initiate a blog. Uh, both Jake and myself are avid writers, and we've had a lot of great work over the years that we want to showcase that hasn't been able to been seen on a larger pla- platform. So we'd love to have people who are interested in writing no matter what it is. Is it beers? Is it business? Is it balls? Is it Whatever it might be, um, reach out to us and we'd love to check out what you have in store and we can feature you on the website as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's an exciting time. You nailed it. There's so much content going around and we're hopping in pretty much, right? So, Absolutely. So it's all good stuff. Um, with that, let's dive right into it. We're going to beers. Of course, beers, business, and balls. We're going to try to keep it consistent. Um, in today's episode, we're going to go beers and then business, and then we'll hop right into our interview with our good friend Dave Silverman as Tondo mentioned and after that we'll round it out with balls and we didn't have a ton for balls this week obviously there's there's not a lot of live sports going on but this week you know a big theme is the NFL draft so um we've got a lot of questions on that too that's going to be an interesting segment we're going to hop into that later of course
1: exactly so to start it off we have our cheers uh today i'm drinking late in the evening from mustache brewery um it's a local brewery in long island from riverhead uh this is an amber pub ale pretty good um it's got some dark notes to it some caramel flavors i give it a 3.5 on untapped um i really liked it it's a little bit of a heavier beer but I've been enjoying it so far. Nice. I
0: think if we're keeping track here, that's what we have to do. We have to keep a running track, definitely, of what we're rating beers. Maybe where they're from, too. Maybe some New York beers are better than Connecticut beers, something like that. Um, you gave a four to your Greenport beer last week, right? I did, yes. Excellent. So that's a nice – you said it was an Amber you're drinking now for Mustache? Amber Pauvale, yep. Ah, nice. As for me, um, I tried to document all my escapades yesterday, but I went up to Rhode Island, believe it or not, our home state. Um, went to pop into our apartment to pick up some things, but couldn't be complete without a quick stop to our favorite place. Big shout out to Long Live Beer Works over on the Upper South Side of Providence. I'm drinking a true believer. We're going to post this can somewhere. And it's probably going to come out in that little graphic of which cans that we hold uh, for every podcast. But this is really cool. As we know, Long Live does a bunch of really out-of-the-box marketing with their cans and stuff. But um, this one has some smiley faces, some frowny faces, and all that good stuff. And they're just scattered all along the uh, the front. So not surprised that Long Live's making something like this. I went and got uh, 12 beers from them yesterday. Beautiful. Just trying to support Beautiful. the... Uh, the locally, you know, owned companies and somewhere that we're at a ton. Uh, this is really good. It's called True Believer, as I mentioned. It's an IPA. Six percent. I think this is getting a four two five for me today. So came out hot out the gates last week, three five. I wasn't proud of my rating. I got a lot of pushback. Um, shout out Mike Braddock from Monroe, who mentioned that if I ever give two roads that harsh of a rating again, there's gonna be a huge problem. I'm <laughs> sorry, I didn't want to do it. Um we're coming out hot the gates this week with a 425 for the Long
1: Live. So Yeah, Long Live, if you're ever in the Rhode Island area in Providence, uh, one of my favorite, one of our favorite breweries. They have a lot of great stuff. They have a lot of new beer uh, every week, every other every other week. Um, definitely love the stuff. I mean, I personally, I put it up into that treehouse and trillium level. I really enjoy that beer a lot. So definitely worth worth the drive, worth the try.
0: Yeah. And this is a a free plug for long live too. hit them up guys. Seriously, LongLiveBeerWorks.com. They're doing online orders only. So basically so easy. You just pick the cans you want online. You type your credit card info in, you show up, you give them the last four digits of your order number and they have it right out for you. So no excuses. uh, And you know, I don't expect everyone listening to this to be in Rhode Island, but that's gotta be true with so many other places, right? If there is a, craft brewery or really anywhere that you guys are routinely going to go to their website and see what they're doing because odds are they're open right now and you know the the least that you can do for them as a, a patron is going to help them in this time so that come the summer you know july august september you're gonna be able to go back to there and not have to go back to nothing so I'm sure there's a ton of other places. I know there's a ton in Connecticut over here that need our help. I'm sure there's a ton out in the North Fork of Long Island and and even as you go more West, but just a nice plug for our
1: local craft. Exactly. We got to support the local business. So transition, transitioning into that, we're going to be heading to our business segment. Um, Obviously this is a big week for many, you know, those stimulus checks hit in, which is always nice, especially um, in these uncertain times. You know, this is definitely a time to save that money. You know, create a little bit of a nest egg, or even throw some money in the market, which uh, Jake and I are both doing as well. So, you know, the stock market is completely ignoring the economy right now. Uh, for some reason, the Dow had its best two-week stretch in, I think it was like 80 years, and the stocks are rallying even though the, <laughs> the economy is just in shambles. And you know, there's still new Corona cases coming, and there's still a lot of deaths, unfortunately, but. Hopefully we can find that apex and flatten that curve soon enough because I'm getting a little crazy, you know, staying indoors, and I need live sports back. I need new content back. I need. I just need <laughs> need to get out of quarantine. But we have a lot of great stuff with stocks right now. Um, I'll just start it off, Jake. You know, some of the stocks that I'm really liking right now. Uh, Verizon has been friendly to me right now they're trading at a little over $58. Uh, Morgan Stanley is another, you know, economy level stock, not too, not too expensive. That's trading at 39 Peloton is trending at trading at thirty-three fifty-six. 56. A lot of people are, you know, because the gyms are closed and they have that extra money. They're buying the Peloton bikes and having them shipped over. So they have definitely kept afloat during this crazy time. What about you?
0: Yeah, those are all really good. And I, I do want to before I hop into my picks, I, I want to kind of go back to your point on the, the stock market is almost completely ignoring what's going on in the economy, right? Like, I was having a discussion with a few of my friends from from here. And it was just a ton of confusion, because, like, why did airlines have a great day a couple of days ago when Nobody's flying. I mean, nobody's even thinking about flying right now yet, you know, and the whole thing was, all right, you got to hop in on airline stocks, all this stuff, which, you know, I think a lot of people did, which is good, and they're slowly starting to recover, but they've had these really weird days where they've just shot up, right? So I personally, having said that, I hopped in on United, um, it's ticker symbol UAL. Looking back at it, I probably would have chose a different airline like Delta or Southwest or something like that, but um, bought it at around 33, um, had some really bad days right after that. It went down to 24, went to, um, I think it got as low as like 23 during the day. Um, But what's weird, especially with those in the tourism uh, industry and things like that, is that I guess there's something going around where they, this, the general sentiment in that industry is that they're going to get um, more help from the government at some point later on. Um, just the way that Trump's been you know talking about uh, what he's going to try to do to help small businesses. And more importantly, the large businesses I think is what's been coming out of the president's mouth lately. Um, I, I think he's number one, doing that and the number two he's also encouraging the uh the airline manufacturers or the airplane manufacturers that is to go and produce right so he nudged boeing he calls up the ceo and says you have to start making planes again we'll take care of it so that's a big uh that's definitely something to look out for in tourism especially air travel um And, you know, other than that, I bought – what did I buy this week? I bought Raytheon Technologies. They're trading under RTX now um, after they just merged with United Technologies, which is a Connecticut company. Um, They pretty much have combined to make the biggest – I forgot what exactly they're calling it, but it's essentially the biggest defense company in the entire nation um, and arguably the entire world at this point. So really good stuff. I mean, they they were trading – um, really high at around 104 they got up to as a one month high um, before the merger, the merger uh, happened a couple of weeks ago there, everyone's getting um, a little sussed out by it for lack of better word. So trading at 66, I bought it a couple of days ago with some of the money I got for my stimulus check um, looking like uh, it's going to recover eventually when, you know, defense companies can start producing more and there's going to be people to buy this equipment.
1: So. 'll definitely things. big. they'll be a big hire company too you know there'll be a company that's gonna need once it does boom back they're gonna need the workforce behind it to support all of the different contracts and needs so right you that can't that, yeah. that's a
0: good point you can't work from home when you're a manufacturer, exactly. especially
1: when you
0: know all these defense companies generally speaking like general dynamics um, r t x um, you know things like Textron too a lot of these people have pretty high government clearances. Shout out our boy DeVito. He's in the process of, uh, trying to get one now in general dynamics. Hopefully this podcast doesn't screw up his chances after I said that,
1: but, um,
0: <laughs> like, yeah, sir. Why are you affiliated with a, uh, beers, business and balls? Um, but yeah, you know, hopefully when things get back to normal, I would imagine the defense industry, especially private sector is going to be mm-hmm.
1: at the top of the list of things that Trump wants to bring back. Exactly. And, uh, Those are all good points, but one industry that I do really like right now is the bank industry. There's a lot of security in that. So I'm gonna list my stock of the week and that's Bank of America, uh, BAC, and it's trading right now at 23.23. They had really great earnings for quarter one, and they have a really low risk portfolio overall as a company. So it's a fair price stock in a strong industry, and they're supposed to have a good week, according to the analysts. So I would definitely check out Bank of America tomorrow for Monday if you are going to invest.
0: Yeah, we'll endorse that as the official uh, Beers, Business, and Balls stock of the week. I, I do have one. I'm going to go with a more of a penny stock right now. I hate that I'm saying it, but um, it's a company called Ameren, A-M-R-N. Uh, I might've texted this to you,
1: Will, mm-hmm. but
0: I, I honestly don't even know anymore. Um, they lost a huge court ruling. And I don't know. I like, I'm just <laughs> generally speaking, whenever that happens, you should be like, no, avoid that stock whatsoever. Like at all costs. Um, I don't know. There's just something attractive about buying a stock when it's just absolutely tanked and there's major problems going on with the company. And I, that, that, Contradicts all business theory, probably, but um, they went down to four. I bought them at four. Now they've recovered to around six dollars and forty-four cents. I think they're straight up from here, everybody. They were trading pretty high before. They were let's get a five-year high in here. They were at around twenty-five bucks. So um, think about it this way: you dump a hundred bucks into it, uh, you're going to be
1: sitting pretty at some point. So. So
0: that's All what I've got.
1: Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. So, perfect. That is closing out our business segment. And without further ado, we have our first interview for the Beers, Business, and Balls podcast. We're very excited to have him. Here is Dave Silverman. All right, we now go to our
0: guest of the week. He's a very well known face in the sports scene in New England, he's the man behind a ton of our favorite pictures one of the lead photographers of the Patriots, the Revs, so many more. Not to mention Super Bowl champion, not once, not twice. How many Dave, or how many uh, rings is that, Dave? Uh well, I have four rings, but I've been there nine times. <laughs> there you go. Four rings, the Super Bowl champ, most importantly, he's a good friend of ours, the man, the myth, the legend, Dave Silverman. Dave, how are you holding up among this craziness here?
2: Hey, you know, we we doing what we can, you know, to I me mean? it's uh and really start the summer. Summer's usually a little slower cuz not a lot of sports going on and uh, so you know early vacation. And we'll 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 do the best we can with what we got.
1: Absolutely. You keeping busy in quarantine?
2: Um, hey, you know, doing a lot of walking, a little resting, a lot of uh, exercising and uh, you know doing some cooking for the missus who's actually working.
1: <laughs> well, you got to so keep her happy. Keeping
2: her well fed.
1: Exactly. Happy wife, happy life. That's it. So, yeah, you know, we're really thankful to have you on the podcast today. And we kind of just wanted to go and overview, you know, you're a very interesting man. You have a lot of great stories. So, I guess um, you don't know
2: me that well. Then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but To start it off, um, kind of tell us your career path, you know, how you started with photography, how you got some of these big jobs and, you know, just your story on why photography and how it ended, how it ended you up here.
2: I think uh, photography was in me from the beginning. It was just something had to bring it out. And I remember one time my grandfather coming over and he brought this little thing with him and he said, hey kids, get on the couch. And so we're all sitting on the couch and he pulls out this thing and he pops it open and he, he snaps this little thing and he pulls a little slide out of the side of the camera. And then he sets us a little alarm, a little timer and he, we go, what are you doing? He says, well, in about 60 seconds, I'm gonna show you a picture of you. So we're all just <laughs> kind of waiting and you know the timer's going off, you know, 60 seconds for a couple of kids is a long time. And when he peel that thing apart, you look and you say, Wow, that's pretty cool. You know, you captured a moment. And I said, do another one. You know, and I kept doing it. And it's like, and I think right there, it kind of stuck me on it. And then growing up, I, you know, looking at magazines. And so I'm not a good reader. I don't like to read. Uh, I don't have the patience to sit there. So pictures are the way to do it. You know, pictures tell the story. And then if you're really interested, you're going to you're gonna go read the article. You know, that's what I say. That's photographer talking. Um, and then uh, did a little bit in high school, and then went to college to take photography um had a chance to shoot the the third space shuttle going off which i thought was pretty cool um if they ever do it again you guys should go take a look and uh, came home worked in a one-hour lab for a while i know you guys don't know what that is <laughs> thing anymore when there was Dave, film, so it, I,
0: I saw you yeah. tagged me in that on twitter a couple of weeks ago and i just rolled with it i assumed it was you know way back you know that that's assumingly where you got your photos you know printed right
2: Wow, it was a one-hour lab. So that's where, yeah, that's where I started. I would actually, people come into my store and I say, you know, I could do your pictures a little better if you want. So, you know, people come in with jewelry pictures or, you know, uh, lawyers would come in with certain things. So I'd get a little customers that way. I made some work for myself and then got the uh, work for the lab. And eventually it worked out. It was worth it for me to quit my job and go work for myself and take pictures. So I started actually doing a lot of jewelry and stuff like that at first.
1: That's awesome. And how did you end up in the sports uh, industry?
2: Uh, it's something I always wanted to do. Uh, while working at the photo lab, um, I worked up in Lincoln Mall, and uh, as you know, Bryant College was, had the Patriots there. And uh, one of our girls was actually dating one of the uh, trainers, and he came in one day, and I says, "You know, if you get me on the field, I'll give you pictures." And that's how that started. And I, I did that for a couple of years. And one time, his roommate was the media relations director, and he said you know, if you, if, if you give us a good price, we'll give you the job. So I gave him a good price, and I got the job, and uh, that was 1992. And wow. sports, just, you know, I couldn't play sports. I was a geek. I couldn't play sports, but to be, you know, take pictures of high school and do the sports on the field and take pictures for the yearbook and stuff like that, that was kind of fun. So this was just a whole nother step, and, you know, that's, I like the action.
1: That's awesome. So Obviously, you're involved with the Patriots and the New England Revolution. So kind of tell us, like, what is one of your favorite sports memories um, with those teams, or it doesn't have to be with those teams in general, but obviously you have those passions for sports. So what kind of – what was one of your favorite memories that really stick to mind to you? You know, anytime
2: you win is a good memory. You know, even when I – you know, I I shoot a lot of sports for colleges and stuff. So anytime I can capture something that people can remember, a moment – that's what's best for me, you know. Whether it's you know Bryant Lacrosse when they won their championship, and uh, you know Patriots every time they go to the Super Bowl, and even you know AFC Championship games. Uh, the Revolution's had some uh, good lucks at, at times too. Sorry, boys. Um, so anytime I can capture something, if 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 it's something you see that you like, I'm happy. So it doesn't have to actually be a winning championship. If it's just a good photo of you, like you know you guys. I saw your Brian all the time and there's always pictures and I tell him to you, Oh, this is great. So to me, that's a great photo. That's what, that's what I'm all about.
0: Right. And and that's something that I I kind of have always been fascinated about too. You know, you, you have guys like, um, you know, like you that will take pictures of just kind of anything where they see that moment and just immediately share it with everyone because it's capturing kind of that raw emotion, which I, I find very interesting in that not a lot of photographers are, are good at. And the ones that are kind of end up in a situation like you are, in my opinion.
2: Well, if you're good, people, people are going to find you, you're going to want to use you. You know, I, I see you guys everywhere, you know, your friends and I'll share that stuff. You know, when it's a client thing, it's a little bit different story. So that's, that's where the money comes in and you know how you make your living. You can't give everything away, but uh, you know, certain people you send and share with social media now has made it great. You know, when I started in 92, you saw it in the newspaper and that was about it. But now, you know, today, you know, they saw the Patriots put out their uh, new uniforms and you'll never know, but I was the guy who shook all the pictures. And so <laughs> to me, that's just my work out there. I know I took it. I know I do it a job. I hear people saying, Hey, you know, it's good stuff. Yada, yada. And to me, that's, that's what taking pictures is about. Yeah.
0: yeah. So to kind of move into that too, in your free time, when, you know, you're not doing the the sports aspect necessarily or you're not, you know, mm. on a, a hired job, for example, you know, what are the kind of shots that you look for um, that enjoy you and which ones are the ones that you want to avoid if, if you have any kind of code like that?
2: Do I, I want to avoid?
0: Sure. Yeah. Or maybe not even that way. Just the ones that you seek out, you know? Oh, I, I love to travel. Um, I've had the chance in the last couple
2: of years. I've been to uh, Africa. I've been uh, I photographed bears uh, three different times in Alaska. Uh, last year I took a trip and was in a shark cage. I've done that twice. That's the best.
0: Oh jeez. Uh,
2: last year there was a guy uh, uh, in Florida who has a gator, so I went and uh, swam with the gators for a little bit, just one gator. Um, but that was kind of that was kind of cool. You know, just swim right up to you, look at you, and just kind of move on. It really didn't care. I wouldn't want to do it in the open, but you know that's kind of cool. So that's kind of fun stuff. I'm not a big Nature guys, otherwise, you know, taking flowers, you know, the, the snow was pretty yesterday, but I don't go out and take <laughs> stuff like that. You know, it doesn't do
0: anything for me. So, having said that, too, what do you think if someone said, you know, we'll pay you, you know, $10,000 or for whatever dollar amount it is to have your dream gig, right? If you could, someone handed you a check and it was blank, you could fill it out with whatever you want and you get to selected mm-hmm. what, you, what you shoot, what, what would it be?
2: I'm going to travel. You know, I'm going to find something. You know, I have—I've actually done everything I wanted to. I wouldn't mind going to Africa again. You know, I've done that once. You know, the bears have done, like I said, it, everything I've done. I want to do it again. Um, the only thing I haven't done—I've done once—and I didn't see was tornado chase. And it's a little bit different, a little scary too. Those guys who are like that movie in Twister—they're—they're they're a little, <laughs> a little messed up up there a little bit. But it was kind of cool to be with. We never saw a tornado, so I, I think one of these days that's what I want to do again. So on the, the,
1: but I'll take it. so on the creative side, um, did you have anyone that kind of inspired you or, you know, a, photo, a photographer that really, once you looked at their photos, you're like, I kind of want to emulate with them and take it a step up or someone that really gave you another creative vision to help inspire some of your photography?
2: I always, I'm not a big sports guy, believe it or not, but I love photographing sports. And I think growing up, you know, I go to the newsstand and look at the sports illustrated every week. Those were the best photographers. There's one photo that was a cover, and it was an Oakland Raider, and the guy had a face mask, and you see his face was half smushed off by the mask, and it was just so intense that that's what I wanted to do. So those guys in Sports Illustrated, I, I've actually met a few of them, talked to them a few of them now, so it's kind of cool to talk to them. And now they don't work for Sports Illustrated. They're freelancers and stuff, but you know, back in the day, Sports Illustrated was what you wanted. You know, that's what you want to be, a sports Illustrated photographer. When I went to college, the first thing they asked in class, what do you want to do? I said, I want to work for sports Illustrated." So, this, this you know, working for the Patriots and the Revs and all, and, and Bryant and all the
0: college stuff,
2: that's the same thing.
0: Yeah, it's a fair compromise. <laughs> there you <Yeah>. go, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: it's, and I'm doing it for myself. I'm not on deadlines and everything, you know. Uh, Brown calls me up, or Brian or Roger Williams, they call me up and says, hey, I need you to do a baseball game, basketball game, football game. I was like, I'm there.
0: Right. You know, we're we're in sport, the business. You know, it, Right, okay. we're in the business of saying yes to people. You and I, exactly right. more Absolutely. than anyone.
2: Yep. But say um, no, you they may never call you again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Dave, I, uh, off Will's question right now, um, you know, kind of on which photographers have influenced you, and and that's some really good advice or or some insight into what you know you were looking for at the um, you know at, at the newsstands and whatnot. But. Through the relationships that you made, is there any piece of advice that stuck out to you when you were, you know, breaking into this business that you've been trying to take with you? You know, most of it I would
2: say came from my father. You know, um, and it's not technically photography related, but it's business related. You know, I didn't go to business business school like you guys, so you you learn the hard way sometimes and the fun way. You know, my father when I first got my first loan, you know, don't count on one customer being your only customer. Make sure you have a variety of customers, and I would say, why? Well, if you got one customer, they leave you. You're done. You know. So to me, that's a very important lesson, which a lot of people will spend a lot of time on one person, and if you do that, you're dead in the water. You know. Unfortunately, the times we're in now, all of my customers are gone. So now <laughs> right, we'll wait and yep. see what happens. You know, a lot of people are in the same thing. Um, um, another thing he taught me, which leads into our time today, is make sure you have six months to a year in salary in case of something happened. If you're hurt or something happens, you can survive that long before you need anything. And now, you know, you you buy insurance for that, as you know, and that only kicks in after three to six months. So having that that thought of always making save for a condition like this is smart. And I learned that in 2008, when the economy hit, and Brian and all these guys say, we're going to cut back, we can't have you in. Well, you got that backstop of, cash you hope there to, to, to get you through the hard times yeah and that's, me, that's the best lesson I could ever get even take a picture I can take pictures and someone can tell me how to take a picture uh, but that's something you, you I've learned from just listening and now I've heard, learned the hard way
0: right and as obviously you know that's a third of this podcast right it's the the business aspect and there's right. yeah. you know thousands like tens of thousands of people that are in your shoes right now that are you know they rely on sports and events to happen and it's right. just not happening right now. So it is yep. always nice to know that, you know, there's tens and hundreds of thousands of people across the nation that are, are going through what you're doing for the first time, pretty much. And there,
2: and, and I'll say that we're spoiled right now because this is the first time they're calling us giga workers, but us freelancers are going to be able to collect unemployment on that. It's right. never happened before. So yeah, that's going to save me if we go in the long run. i so the guys who are doing it now are going to say, oh, well, if this happens again, they're going to give me money. I won't Don't count on it. Right. Save it. Make make your own. Sorry to go back to the business part of your segment there, but uh, <laughs> me, photography is a business. So it's not just taking the pictures. It's, you know, how you run it, how you treat your customers and all that.
1: Right. So during this, you know, during this quarantine time, how are you working with your customers to ensure... Um, you know, just some positive news down the road that, you know, we will be back and we'll be better than ever, but kind of just keeping them in the loop as well, because when it does boom back, obviously, you know, in your industry, you know, photographs are definitely going to need to be taken.
2: Um, You know, the only thing that I can do, because all I can do is say, hey, you know, call them up and say, hey, how's it going? You guys surviving, you know, the, hopefully the family's well, you know, looking forward to get back to work, because really, this is an un. Unknown situation. No, my father is 85 years old, my parents, and they've never seen anything like this. So what down the line, I don't know what's going to happen. I So calling them, I am hearing, well, you know, we're going to cut back on this. We might lose a little sport here. So I have to think of what my business is going to be like um, coming back because some sports might not be there. They might not have the budget they had before. I mean, spending was a little crazy before, but now you're going to see all that change. So I, I don't know what's ahead. How's that? Uh, But talking to my customers, I can at least say, okay, well, they're going to cut back here and they're going to cut back here. So I can try to find more work here to make up for what I lost there.
1: No, absolutely. Yeah. And going off of that, you know, with the wide variety of clientele that you've had, who is, or it could be an individual person or a group, who is someone that you've taken a photo of that you are, you know, blown away by their presence or, you know, you were blown away by their comic relief or whatever they might you know what? Whatever they might have to uh, offer. Who is someone that you taken a photo and you're like, that's a pretty cool person?
2: Um, you know, everybody's different. It's fine. You know, it, you know, it's kind of hard to say because you leave people out. Um, I have no idea.
1: Because T 12 is
0: staring us in the face back there, man. I don't know.
2: <laughs> and he's good. And I've had, you know, and he's good. He was always very polite and everything. And he's come in and he doesn't want to do his pictures. He's he's got football on his mind and he'll come in. I don't. Uh, you know, I remember it, um, they need a picture for uh, NBC, and so he had to put the uniform. On. I don't want to do this. So I, he's putting the uniform on. And I said, Tom, so I'm going to have you stand up. We'll have you go left. You're going to right. You're going to go straight at me. And he goes, Yeah, we do one picture. <laughs> and I, you know, you kind of have to in your head as a photographer. You go, all right, whatever. So I went in. I let him stand up. I said, Stand towards me, and I and I took one picture. He says, Okay. He says, "Okay, you can do some more." <laughs> so I did a few more of this, that, and the other thing. And I said, "You want to look?" He says, "Yeah." And he looked at him. He looked at the back of the picture, and he says, "I can do better." I says, "Yep, let's get up there and smile." And he says, "Okay." So we got up there, did the same thing over again. He smiled. He said, "We're done." I said, "Thanks, Tom." <laughs> and that
0: was it. So is that your favorite? Uh, actually, pretty good.
2: Is that your favorite TB12 story? Um. Uh, Actually, uh, I like the one with the hair. When he had his hair long and parted in the middle, uh, he came up to me one day at practice. He says, Dave, I, I need a new headshot." So we did one the next morning. I got in early in the morning, 7 a.m. He didn't want to know until later. He says, yeah, Tom, your hair looks really good now. I, I got, I got things to do. So he comes in around lunchtime and he's get, coming out of practice and he's got the helmet head, you know, the, you know, you get the helmet head look, even though he showered and his hair was a little wet and he kind of messed it up a little bit. And so I took a bunch of pictures and I showed him and he says, I don't like it. So he takes us here and he flips it back and forth, you know, like the girls do with the long hair and <laughs> playing with it. And he comes up to a few more. I showed him back to the cameras. Yeah, they would suck. Just delete them. And he walked out and that was it.
0: <laughs> wow.
2: All that time setting up and all that, but he's very polite. It was very, noise, very nice. So, and he posed with the picture with the five rings and the six rings and the four rings and the three rings. And so it was a good, you know, he knew who I was. And I knew to keep my distance. So,
0: did you have so, anyone on, stuff. yeah, and off that as well, what about the, the flip side? I'm sure there's been a lot of different people over your career that have just been really difficult to photograph, like take photographs of. You don't have to throw anyone under the bus, but. Actually,
2: I think it was, the, who was the lady who did your graduation? Was that
1: Chow? Oh, no, the year Chow. before, Elaine Chow.
2: Yeah, she came in and she directed everything.
1: I remember that. I do remember
2: that. It was just, it was probably the first time I had someone say, You can't take the picture until I tell you to. And she literally would come in, I snapped the picture. He says, Okay. She says, Okay, shoot this. I turned to left. No, I don't like my left. Turn right. No, I don't like the right. Let's just do it this way. Okay, fine. Now you're in the robe room. In the
1: robe room. That's
2: in the robe room. And then I said, "Uh, President Makeley, come on in. And I said, Why don't you stay in here? She says, No, I want him on my other side. And I said, Just tell him where you want to go, and I'm going to snap the picture. And that was kind of how that whole day went. Well wow. So she was one of the ones who was like, and and will as a photographer, you have to conform to the personality that's in front of. You. my hand out. I says just tell me when you're ready and I'll shoot. And that's it.
0: That's um. Let it be known that this podcast is a friend of the Department of Transportation. We'll go on record. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We we stand no. We don't have any stance. No, we're just playing around. <laughs> um, no, that that's that's definitely something that I feel like you guys go through a lot, and, and I think that that's actually a really interesting perspective too to have it not from an athlete you know usually people think oh it's the athletes that are the egocentric people and the ones that are directing oh, everything around oh i'm sure there's, there's, no there's no shortage because
2: <laughs> i still work with some of them so
0: <laughs> that's fair and,
2: and you know students you you guys are work with students and some of the students are saying some will come up they don't want to smile they don't want to do this they don't want to do the social media shots with the ball no problem whatever you want to do just get up and smile and then go on and some kids you take one kid, you take 20 of them. You
0: eventually got to say, all right, move on. Yeah. So transitioning kind of away from the, your profession, um, we know that you're big into fitness, right? You're always posting on Instagram, you know, all your, your workouts and whatnot at the Brown facility as you roll up your sleeves there. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what's the, uh, so what's that been like when you might not have the access to the gym over the past couple of weeks and your personal trainer, you know, what's, um, what's the modified workout situation for you? Like,
2: um, the only difference now is there's just not a lot of heavyweight, you know, I was doing trap bar and stuff like that and, and squats and stuff like that. So now it's just more kettlebells and weights and stuff like that. And I'm still, um, my trainer puts his stuff up. Hey, you know, I'll put him up there. Michael Pimentel. Uh, he's on Instagram. Follow him every day. He does his workout. He puts it up and you can follow along. So, and it's really, you know, simple workouts take you a half hour, 45 minutes, and then you do a little workout. So, uh, Jump in, boys. You know.
0: Yeah, I Definitely. might have to. We've been much sitting around much. a little too much. Yeah. <laughs>
2: and, and you got your beer pod, so you, you know you gotta, you know you gotta work off that beer. <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, so on okay. that, exactly. I mean, where uh, I'm curious to kind of see what the. Um, you know, obviously you're a busy guy, right? Um, so wondering where, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but wondering where, you know, the desire to kind of, um, to really hit it hard in fitness came from too. Um, if that was any, you know, event in particular or any, you know, or just something that has always been with you or, or anything like that. Um,
2: I've always walked. I walk a lot. I don't know what it is. I got most of my thinking done. I, you know, came up with my photography ideas. I remember when I first met um, I saw the first digital camera. I was in Vegas. I didn't sleep for three days. I walked because in my, <laughs> and I was like, "How am I going to be able to afford forty thousand dollar digital camera? How am I going to do it? What is the business?" You know, so that that's part of it. And then when I turned forty, you realize, "Hey, I'm a little overweight. I'm carrying these lights up and down the stairs. I'm breathing heavy," and that's what started it. And so you do it. You get into a routine, and then all of a sudden you get out of it. And a couple of years ago, I remember seeing a picture of myself. Sorry, just brag a little bit at the White House. And it was me in front of the trophies, in front of the White House, and just a little fat, and I went up to Michael, and I says, I need to work this off. And he says, yeah, I do. <laughs> so a little shame there. And, uh, you know, so I started working it. And it, it makes you feel good. You know, you carry, you know, I had a bad back at the time. Now I'm a little stronger. The back doesn't hurt. I can, I can you know, at the end of the game, four or five hours, I can still go on. And that's a lot of making me feel better when I, I'm working. It made me work out.
1: Awesome. Well, Dave, I think that's all we have for now. So just if you wanted to close it out, if you have anything to say to our guest, as well as any promotional plugs that you want, we'd love to hear what you have to say. So Well,
2: oh, no, thanks for having me on. We'll all make through this and we'll all do better. Um, I think it makes us all better because we'll, we'll look at what we do. The good people such as yourself will take this situation and make themselves better. Um, you guys started this podcast. This is something that's going to come out of, you know, 20 years from now when you're still doing this and saying, I remember we started this, this. And that's why I'm looking at. You know, um, I read an article recently. It says the whole world has stopped. And now we have an opportunity to reboot and make ourselves better, make the world better. And hopefully that's what we'll all do.
0: Yeah, well, when we look back in 20 years at, you know, how far this has come, we're also going to look back and say, who the hell was our first guest? We're never for- going to forget that. So, cool. um, <laughs> So, Dave, uh, appreciate you. Uh, thanks thanks for coming on. And we're, we're, we're going to hope to have you on in the next couple months, too, just to catch up and uh, and talk. So thanks well, for I'll coming. we will
2: be back to work. Looking forward to it. Cool. Thanks, awesome. Dave. thanks Dave. Thanks, boys. Thanks, guys.
0: All right. It's always a pleasure when we're talking with Silverman. He's a good friend of ours. Hopefully now he's going to be a great friend of the show. I think so. Um, Shameless plug for him. Again, we've mentioned this. Uh, Go shoot him a follow wherever you follow on social media. Um, He's at DSPix. That's DS, like Dave Silverman picks on Twitter. And then on Instagram, it's DSPixPhoto. Um, DavidSilvermanPhotography.com, too. Again, you know, I mean, just an incredible guy, legend. Yeah. He's been certainly
1: well-traveled, um, you know, great friend of ours, and we're happy to have him here today. Well, I'm sure you can say the same. And his work's incredible. I mean, out of all the photographers that I've ever met and have had photos taken of, I mean, his work is always incredible, always very timely. He's a friendly, friendly man. Uh, loves telling stories while taking photos, too, and he's been, like Jake said, a great friend of ours for a few years now, so we're very excited that he agreed to come on the podcast, and I hope you enjoy the interview.
0: Yeah, so without further ado, let's get into the third, uh, I was going to say half, but no, it, it's, I don't even know, the third, third segment. segment. <laughs> <laughs> sure, the third segment, uh, Balls, of course, that's everything sports, sports entertainment, um, sports for leisure. I played golf today. I don't know about you guys. I hit the range. I got some new irons from work a couple of months ago, put them to good use. I was hitting them straighter than I've been all year. So, <laughs> you know, I, I don't hate it. Wild story, by the way, about golf. Um, I showed up to a, a golf course in Connecticut that I will not name out of fear of legal action here, but I showed up and it was packed. It was wild. I parked my car and I was thinking they'd be people from local nearby in Connecticut, but all New York and Jersey plates.
1: So, get your people out of my state, Tondo. I don't know. Listen, it's not even tell my own people to get out of the state. I mean, the, <laughs> problem, with, the problem with Long Island and especially the North Fork, it's a big summer town. It's a big vacation spot, and all the people from New York City have been fleeing into here to avoid obviously the epicenter. That's the city. So, I mean, everyone just needs to stay at home for at least two two more weeks. I think we're on the on the uphill. So. But yeah, I mean I don't I'm surprised he even went golfing because all the golf courses out here are closed.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I mean there's one in Connecticut. I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna draw more light than there needs to be on it. Um, you know who will be at home this week in his basement that he said on Thursday night is the NFL commissioner Roger Goodell. It is the first to our knowledge, virtual NFL draft. I don't know why I'm saying our knowledge because, you know, technology like this didn't exist before like 2000. Um, So the first NFL draft that's gone entirely virtual, Goodell said, and he was very clear, he's going to stand up and make his picks in his, or announce the picks that people have made in his basement. So this is crazy times. I mean, that's really all we have to talk about in the professional sports world because um, this is now the importance of the NFL draft has gone way up this week
1: yeah I mean like let's just hope there's no technological problems that take place especially you know I know especially on draft day I mean there's always phone calls between teams trying to trade stuff but I just remember the story of it was a few years ago when the Browns tried to trade for AJ McCarron he was on the Bengals former Alabama quarterback and they were celebrating before they sent the trade <laughs> through at the deadline and they tried to fax it or send it late, whatever it was, and the trade became null because it was past the deadline. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, obviously, these GMs are very intelligent people, very smart, so and they have great IT companies or IT partners working in their organizations. So Well, I, I would sure as shit hope so. I really <laughs> you would hope, hope so. so. You would hope so. But, yeah, I mean, that the draft is taking place April 23rd, so we kind of wanted to cover our two teams, the Giants and the Patriots, and pretty much see, like, where they're standing now in the draft. We're just going to cover the first round, um, what their team needs are, and what the picks they
0: might take. With yeah, that. to start, I think there were a couple of things that you wanted to mention, Tondo. I think, you know, what, what's burning on everyone's mind right now is – is the whole news about Joe Burrow. Obviously when it came out that the Bengals had the first pick, they were in need of a quarterback. It's not really that shocking that, you know, Burrow's been uh, the guy at that point. But I even just threw his name in Twitter just to see what was going on. I did see this morning that he called Peyton Manning up. He did. And I think the advice that Manning gave him was just to slow down and just to take it all in and – I, I don't know. I mean, I also saw a really funny tweet from Ocho Cinco that I'm going to read now. He goes, I know you can see this tweet and I fucking love you, man. Hope to see you in Cincinnati soon. Hashtag Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's a lock. Let's get real.
1: I would say so. I would probably put it at around 95% just because just reading around, you know, whether it's Twitter and different uh, NFL analysts, you know, Joe Burrow, he had an incredible season, obviously, a journeyman from Ohio state, then transferred to LSU and, you know, fought his way with coach O and then became arguably one of the best college quarterbacks in the history of college football. Um, You know, people are still high on Tua, you know, he had that hip injury, which will definitely be questionable. Um, But obviously teams have been speaking with him, speaking to doctors and they say it's a green light. I mean, Again, we won't know the picks until they are announced, um, but I would have to say Joe Burrow will most likely be in Cincinnati. And let's hope he has some weapons around him. I mean, you have A.J. Green, who is an aging receiver, and Joe Mixon had a questionable year. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, that division's also tough, too. You have the Steelers. You have the Browns. You have the Ravens. So he'll definitely be a developing quarterback, and hopefully they keep Andy Dalton to help groom him.
0: Yeah, that's the big thing, too. Everyone's like, oh, well, you know, how disrespectful is that to Dalton? And then the argument is just so easy back to it because it's what does Dalton have to show for anything? in Cincinnati and it's nothing. It's It's nothing. And I hate it because I generally don't like trashing quarterbacks just because they don't have a ring or anything like that. But I mean, it's it's far worse right this guy doesn't even have a playoff win so he
1: was Mr. Average there was a good stretch of time where the Bengals would make the playoffs for like four or five straight seasons but they'd always lose and I felt like it was always like they lost to the Texans um in that first round of the AFC but yeah I mean his ship has sailed Andy Dalton he'll either be a, a this season a veteran um helping out this rookie quarterback or he'll be um a starter on another team or not even a starter, maybe another bench player. So we'll have to see. But going on with the draft, you know, like we said, we're gonna mention our two teams. Uh we'll start off with the Giants just because they have the fourth overall pick right now. And there's a lot that they can do. I mean, making the assumption that the Bengals get Joe Burrow at one, the Redskins get Chase Young out of Ohio State, who's an incredible athlete and I really wanted him on the Giants, but Unfortunately, the cards were not in our favor. And number three, the Lions take Jeff Okuda. This is without any trades. We're at number four. And what do the Giants really need? Well, they need an offensive line to help protect Danny Dimes. The line is just—it's just average. You know, they're making some moves. You know, people weren't healthy. Uh, Nate Soldier's an older veteran presence, more of a locker room guy. But they do need offensive line. They also need to. You know, light up the defense. I mean, back in the day, the Giants used to have an electric defense, although they, you know, they haven't won a Super Bowl since 2011, but 2016 they had a top five defense in the league. So I'm putting linebacker, edge, safety just to fortify the young defense they have. And then they also could use more offensive weapons with wide receiver and tight end. I mean, we have Saquon, obviously, as the running back, and Evan Ingram's a great tight end, but he's been injury prone. And we've had some receivers that also have had some injuries, but Darius Slayton, who was a fourth, I believe a fourth rounder last year, he shined brightly his rookie season. So, you know, I definitely don't think they'll take a wide receiver or tight end in the first round, but definitely some, something to look forward to. So here's the question though. And I get that a lot of people have,
0: <clears throat> a lot of the experts are saying that Isaiah Simmons goes from Clemson first round to, to the giants, obviously. Um, do they go all in on the linebacker or do they maybe take one of these big fucking guys from like Alabama I'm looking at Jedrick Wills, junior, the offensive lineman, or Tristan worse from Iowa. These guys are big and they're
1: offensive lineman more importantly. So I don't know if that's on the table at all. So I have a couple scenarios that I placed out, which will help kind of form what this draft will look like. If, like I mentioned, those first three picks go, and they're at the fourth, and they have either Simmons or an offensive lineman that they want to choose from, here are your options. I mean, if you draft Simmons, um, Isaiah Simmons, Simmons out of Clemson, he's a versatile linebacker. He can play the hybrid position. He can play safety. He can cover out in the flats. He can also sack the quarterback and rush. Um, he could be a defensive cornerstone and someone to build your defense around from years to come. We haven't had a strong defense in a while, and he might be that, uh, that piece. But if you go in that O-line position, you could find someone like a Quinton Nelson who the Colts have, like that cornerstone lineman that will last you for years. In my personal opinion, I just don't feel strongly of drafting an offensive lineman that early because... There's just that chance that he might not play out. I mean, our schedule this year is, you know, it's a it's a fair schedule, but we're facing guys like uh, Nadal and Sue and JPP against the Bucks, and then if Chase Young goes to the Redskins, he's going to be a tough piece to follow. I mean, I would rather have a veteran, someone who understands, you know, NFL defensive players a little bit more than a rookie, and I would just be more comfortable taking Isaiah Simmons. But then from there, you could have some trades in the draft. I mean, there's some teams that need quarterbacks. I put the Dolphins, the Chargers, the Raiders. I put the Patriots. I mean, we can go into that in a little bit, but the Patriots could be looking for that future quarterback or they could just ride with Hoyer and Sidham. We'll talk about that later. Or the Jaguars. So in that case, if they trade with either the Dolphins, Chargers, Raiders, or Patriots, swap first-round picks and whatever else has to happen to make that trade, you take the best available player. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. And at that point, it'll pro with the Dolphins, they're right underneath us. So, I mean, nothing really changes. They just, the Dolphins are trading with the Giants, so no one else does. But you're probably looking at an OL at that point. I would personally choose Jed- Jedrick Wills from Alabama. Um, but you couldn't go wrong with Andrew Thomas from Georgia or. Mecky Beckton from Louisville, even Tristan Riffs from Iowa, but they're all great in different ways. They're all big, solid linemen, and it would help the line, but um, it really just depends. My other suggestion – if this took place, would be swapping first with the Jaguars and a second rounder for Yannick Nagaku, who is that stud edge rusher on the Jaguars. And oh, the, Jaguars yeah, are, the Jaguars are looking to clean house right now. Obviously, last season, they traded Jalen Ramsey. And um, they just traded Nick Foles. I heard Leonard Fournette's on the chopping block. Um, they just traded Kallias Campbell to the Ravens. I mean, yeah if they're cleaning house, this is a perfect opportunity because it's a win-win for both. The Jaguars get to move up in the first round, as well as, you know, getting rid of a player who isn't necessarily happy with his situation. He wasn't happy with the tag. And if they're rebuilding, I mean, this is an opportunity to clear some space. And then the Giants get that edge rusher who we're looking for. So you don't necessarily have to draft Simmons and you can draft the lineman from there. So. That's what I feel with the Giants. I mean, me personally, um, I although Clemson did not win in the college football play uh, championship, um, following Simmons throughout the year, I feel like he is a versatile, rare uh, defensive player that can make some plays and be a glue guy that the defense can build on from years to come. So I would go with Simmons.
0: Yeah, I also think that that's – If they're trying to go that route of building the roster up with, you know, a bunch of people that actually want to go play. And I think the Giants are in an interesting scenario because if they do want to go that route, like it's New York, they can, right. Any New York team can just decide that they're going to be a good team and say, all right, now's the time, you know, we're going to start doing that. So I don't know, maybe you surround him with a couple of of really good pieces and then you've got yourself a,
1: a pretty glued together defense. Exactly, and I mean, looking at the free agents next year, on the offensive line side, we have Joe Thune from the Patriots. Yeah, and
0: I don't know that that whole Joe Thune thing is just giving me PTSD with Nate Solder too, just taking off going to the Giants like every other offensive lineman does. But I don't know, maybe there's more. That I I I do think you're right. They should probably pick. Uh, Simmons and that way they can just build a a defense around somebody that's um, you know clearly had a lot of success at Clemson he's quick he's probably the best linebacker in the draft according to you know all the experts pretty much so I mean that's probably the, the right way to go
1: exactly but that's what we have with the Giants and then obviously we can transition over to the Patriots who may have a lot of choices they need to make Oh, it's a
0: mess. It is a mess. So, I was doing a little research today about this first point that we have written out. And it's, what the hell are they going to do, a quarterback? Is it just going to be riding with Jared Stidham and then Brian Hoyer, who has been a Patriot before, to back him up? Or is it the time to draft somebody new? My initial thoughts on this are that they are if you're asking me what I think they're going to do they're probably going to stay with Stidham
1: for now. That's what it looks like. But, I think they're going to I think they're going to stick with Hoyer. Wow, you think Hoyer's going to hop in? I think my personal opinion is if they don't draft a quarterback or even if they do draft a quarterback, Ryan Hoyer will be the week 1 starter in New England. Wow. He knows the system with a veteran presence. You know, Stidham's a little rocky. I mean, it still will be a uh, training camp battle whenever training camp will be held. But I think Hoyer will be the starter because I think this year is just going to be one of those years where it's not looking too bright for the Patriots. You know, they have a lot of holes to fill and a lot of question marks on the team. And, you know, the Bills are a tough player in your division. See, the thing is...
0: I agree with most of what you just said, right? Hoyer's got that veteran presence. He knows the system and all that stuff. But what I think, if you're asking me what I think they're going to do, what I think Bill is going to do, he's going to try to force it on Stidham. But he's also intelligent enough where he can suck the intelligence and that veteran leadership and knowing the system out of Hoyer and try to just, you know, instill it all in Jarrett Stidham. And I think that that's probably what he's going to try to do. And if he's not ready week one, he's not going to play him. You know, yeah. you're going to see Hoyer out there if those are the two that they're riding with. But what I just saw, something really interesting, and this is something I, I hadn't heard before because, you know, obviously it's, oh, do they trade up to three? Do they blah, 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 so they could take Tua or so they could take, you know, maybe consider someone like a Jake Fromm from Georgia. Um CBS has them trading with the now Las Vegas Raiders to take Jordan Love from Utah State. Now, I don't hate it. I, I, do, I don't really know much about Love and what he accomplished at Utah State, but I even just looked at his basic scouting report, and it's pretty much just had a forgettable twenty nineteen season, but really good, you know. And that that's I don't know. That's not enough for me, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, he is 21 years old. He has two bowl game experiences. Um, He was the New Mexico Bowl MVP in 2018 and second team all MWC. Uh, 6'4", 225. He's versatile. I mean, looking at his sophomore year in 2018, he went 267 for 417 with uh, 3,500 yards and 32 touchdowns with six interceptions. Um, He... I mean, I I haven't – again, like you said, I don't know much about him, but I have heard his names coming up in the rumor mill and people are t- taking talking of him highly. But if you're going to trade up to that high of like a top five or a top seven pick and you know if – obviously Burrow is going to be gone and Tua most likely would be gone, I think a quarterback that you look at is Justin Herbert out of Oregon. Yeah, um, yeah. He's definitely a player that might fit a little bit better in Belichick's system, Um, but you never know. I mean, I know the Chargers are linked to him. Uh, The Raiders are even linked to him, too, so we'll have to see. I mean, there's still a lot of questions in in this first round of the draft. There's teams that are trying to get into the first round. There's teams trying to move up. There's teams trying to move down, so it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens on Thursday.
0: Yeah, and that's – no one really knows what the hell Belichick is thinking, right? That's one of those teams that everybody knows that you don't know a thing about them. They will come out and just say, this is what we're doing. They'll shock everybody, and then it turns out to be brilliant. So,
1: exactly.
0: the thing is, the, the other layer with that complexity now is no one knows if that's even going to be the same anymore. If that whole mystique and, you know, wait-and-see kind of attitude is going to be – the same thing with the Patriots from now on Brady's gone, right? So one half of the dynamic duo, or, you know, maybe one third if you're counting Kraft in there that took that franchise out of the gutter back in the nineties, you know, what's the missing link going to prove to be worth? And no one knows. That's what's so interesting about this whole thing, which I think probably segues nice into the next point. Brady all of last year and arguably even before this, the people that were, in his corner about why he was so shitty last year and why he had so many bad games. They were the people that said he didn't have any weapons. And I agree. I absolutely agree with that. I'm one of those people. I think that, you know, Edelman was not enough. I I think he's a very good two or three
1: receiver, but think about he's a slot. A number one receiver needs to be that big guy off the edge that can jump over the top cornerback I mean no disrespect I think Edelman is a great receiver but he's a slot receiver yeah of course and you think about even you and I have talked about this like
0: what made the Patriots so good when they won the Super Bowls and when they were playing against the Giants and you know 2011 and you know every year after that was they had fucking sick tight ends right they had two of the best tight ends I think they were you know in the Referring to, for example, Hernandez and Gronk, right? When they were playing together, they were probably in the top five. Say it again. Then too soon. <laughs> Fuck, he got me. It's a little too soon. Rip Hernandez. That. No, but you're right.
1: I mean, the tight end position is something that Belichick thrives on, and. You know, they didn't make any trades this year. And, again, the offseason's not over yet, but, you know, they had the opportunity. They could have tried to take Hunter Henry away from the Chargers. They could have, you know, signed a Jimmy Graham as a veteran presence or try to trade for Tyler Eifert. You had the opportunities, but they were not there. And I think that's what's going to happen with the Patriots if they do trade up into the, you know, the top five or the top ten. They might have to cut ways with a a veteran. To get into there,
0: yeah, but the thing is, I don't know if they're even gonna like that. Just doesn't sound like Belichick. It really doesn't. You know, like but you I feel like at, that goes against at, everything that they've been trying to do for the past years, like to just trade up into the top five. I'm not counting it out. Definitely not. But I just don't think that
1: that sounds like them. I just look at the three people that could be on the chopping block, and again, this is just hypothetical. We mentioned Joe Thuney before. You know he's an old, he's an offensive lineman. He's tagged. He wasn't happy, too happy about the tag, and the t- the sides are nowhere near for an extension. They might have to move ways from him. Um, you have Edelman, which I this is that one's a stretch, but he's an aging wide receiver.
0: Yeah, you know? I mean it is a stretch, but the next logical choice there is Hightower, right? Because he's got that expiring contract. Like, I mean. And that's a little bit of a difficult one to to have to part ways with too, because he is, he's been really good. He's been pretty much besides him and Devin McCourty, you know, or besides Devin McCourty rather, he's been the only consistent thing about that defense for the past five years.
1: So, but going on to that, another avenue that the Patriots might address at the 23rd pick is defense because, you know, they have to fill the holes of Van Noy, Jamie Collins, Danny Shelton, um, you lose those guys. I mean, no matter where they were in their career and how productive they were, those are three big names. That those are three big holes that are ne- going to need to fill. So, you know, they might look at the edge of the linebacker position.
0: Yeah, yeah, the thing about that is, I I definitely agree with that. The only thing is, you look at a guy like Van Noy and Collins and Shelton, like that list mentions, and if you were to say like three years ago that one of those guys is going to be the most key piece that gets missed overall in there three years ago would have been Collins. But now like the past two years that Van Noy's had have really just, I I mean, he's been the guy out of those three guys. He's been arguably the best linebacker, the best pass rusher that they've had in, you know, over the past couple of years. So I don't know that that's definitely a route they could go to. Um,
1: I just think. Yeah, lucky for you guys. I mean, you still have an ish- extraordinary secondary. Yeah, which is good. I no mean, Gilmore and the McCordy's, like, the cornerback position is one of the harder positions to learn on the defense as a rookie. Um, I mean, you see guys like, for example, Boza out of the 49ers who comes, transitions in right to the line, and they go to a Super Bowl, and he was a rookie, right you yeah. know? I mean, those guys can pick it up a little bit faster than the cornerbacks can. There's a lot of great options at linebacker and edge, especially if you guys keep the pick at 23.
0: Yeah, and there's also a lot in the free agency um, you know, wire, which is good. I mean, Clowney's technically still a free agent. Um, you have some guys – I'm not saying by any means that they're going to take Clowney, but um, even just, like, looking at these people that are on a free agent uh, wire, pretty much, you have Everson Griffin um, – Cameron Wake still technically out there. I mean, there there's places to go in that realm if they wanted to. Um, what I'd be more concerned about at this point um, than filling the linebacker area is the wide receivers. Um, I mean, you got to give Edelman some help. Um, I think Nikhil Harry, the uh, who will be a second year this year, he is going to be very good at some point. The scary part is I don't know if it's going to be this year. And I also don't know if he's going to be scary good with the Patriots down the road. I don't, I, I can't confidently say that he's one of the guys that's going to be a Patriot for life. I, I don't think we know too much about him yet. So that, that's another, that's an area that's actually way less deep than the linebackers too. You have, I, mean, I was looking at the wire and it's basically just Josh Gordon. there's a few others and we've, we've been that route before. Hmm. There's a few others that I know are in here. I'm even just looking through right now. I mean, Rashad Higgins is there. Um, You have Paul Richardson from um, Washington. Who's, you know, nothing to write home about. You have Ted Ginn. If you need a punt returner, I mean, there's some areas that I think they need to improve on before that linebacker spot.
1: And, there, and this draft is really deep on wide receivers. I mean, right. obviously, you're not going to be in line to get, like, a CeeDee Lamb or um, a Jerry Judy from Alabama because those guys are going to go in the early top 15. I would, I would think so. Well, so who what, says if they trade up that
0: they're not trying to acquire one of those guys, though? That's a real question.
1: I mean, it's tough to say. Like, someone in that 23 area that I have my eye on who I think would be – you know, a great number one receiver for you guys would be Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I agree. Um, He is someone that has that talent, has that explosiveness, has that swagger of a number one receiver that if you guys keep that pick and don't want to go defense, I mean, he could be your guy.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at his stats too, and that he's actually a guy that if you put Harry, Jefferson, and Edelman as the receivers for a guy like Stidham or for a guy, even, you know, if they ride with Hoyer, or they take a rookie guy, you know, like those Love. Are, those,
1: are, those are three talented guys. Those right. are three talented receivers. Like, I can
0: definitely see a guy like Jake Fromm or a guy like Jordan Love just absolutely adoring throwing to Justin Jefferson. So, that, that's a route that they definitely could go.
1: Yeah. But and if they do go defense, I mean, uh, some names to keep in mind, if we're sticking with LSU, Patrick Queen, the linebacker. Yep. Um, he's a pretty explosive. The name thrown around is uh, Zach Bond from Wisconsin. Um, mm. I don't know much about him, but he is a playmaker, what the, the analysts are saying. Or if they wanted edge um, out of Iowa, the defensive end, A.J. Appenza, he had a really great year this year as well. And Iowa's, uh, you know, one of those teams where they keep competitive. So, I mean, you can't go wrong with either. It's just whatever Belichick's feeling.
0: Yeah, so Openza and Zach Bond were actually tied at the thirty-fourth ranked prospect overall and the fourth in their position too. So um, it's all a matter of what they value more. I mean, they they basically played the same teams in Wisconsin and Iowa, right? So they're they're in that segment of the country where they're playing some good talent. Um, I would say Wisconsin's probably got a little bit of a better program, and Zach Bond he had twelve and a half sacks almost 20 TFLs this year. So good additions. Um, Again, it's, I I think it's almost impossible to figure out what the Patriots are going to do though. They're so mysterious and we'll have to see, like I mentioned, I think the the thing that we're certainly going to be watching for is how well is, or how consistent is that prowess of Kraft and Belichick going to be without the guy that's actually on the field. So, I think that's a good summary of the kind of where we're at at the
1: Patriots right now. We'll have to see whenever football starts. um, Hopefully sooner rather than later, we have a full season. It'll definitely be an exciting year. Yeah. So
0: that pretty much wraps everything up again. Thanks for listening to episode two. We hope you enjoyed everything. Uh, We had Silverman on. We're going to hopefully be in the line for some, some great guests as well that were, you know, just as great as Silverman uh, was. We've got some exciting stuff coming in the pipeline in terms of merch and some other stuff. Tondo,
1: you want to give a little preview? Yeah, well, I mean, we definitely have great resources with uh, that are friends of ours that can help us create some items and merchandise. So we're going to be rolling that out once our website's live. So keep an eye out on that. Uh, look out for that. We're going to do some giveaway opportunities as well and let us know what you want us to cover. I mean, obviously we have, you know, the beers, business and balls aspect, but if there's anything specific that you want us to touch upon, please reach out to us. Uh, Like mentioned before, the Instagram is at the.bbb.podcast and the Twitter is at the underscore BBB underscore podcast. So give us a follow and reach out to us with anything you need. That's all we've got. I think uh, just, the
0: last thing is we're going to try to make usual. I've been slacking on this. I haven't really picked uh, anything for our positivity corner segment. Um, so, Tondo, I know you've got a little something that we're uh, we're going to highlight for this this week.
1: Yeah, it's not as funny as the pandas, but it's definitely. <laughs> is. The pandas were hit. a big hit. They were. <laughs> the pandas were a hit. Uh, but this is something that's important. So, obviously, with corona going on, there's been just a lot of uncertainty with everything. But uh, Michael Rubin, he's the 76ers partner and founder of Fanatics. He created a fundraising cam- campaign called the All In Challenge. And essentially what he's having uh, many people around the world do, whether they're famous athletes, celebrities, musicians, actors, business leaders, whoever they might be, they're having them donate something that is very treasured in their possessions, You know, whether it's a world series championship ring or an all-star jersey or whatever it might be or creating a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity experience and they're allowing people to enter into these raffles which is on the all-in challenge website and you can buy tickets um they're very fairly priced as well and they're having people you know donate this money all proceeds 100 percent go to organizations that will help combat um People that are in need of food. So, you know, obviously, this is, like I said, it's an uncertain time and people are struggling with money and strapped with cash. And uh, people go crazy when they don't have food. So, this is something that it's helping people in need. So, all the money will be donated to either Meals on Wheels, No Kid Hungry, and the America's Food Fund, which directly benefits Feeding America and the World Central Kitchen. So, it's a great opportunity. Definitely check them out and check their story. I mean, some of the things that are being donated right now are incredible. I know Drake is flying people out on his private jet to have a one-on-one experience with him. And Aaron giving a batting lesson and then followed by lunch. And Eli Manning's donating his core Derek Jeter had his all-star jersey. Like, there are some big-time names donating some incredible stuff. And it's all for a good cause. So definitely check them out. It's the All-In Challenge. And check out what some of the celebrities are giving away. And if you want to donate, it's all going to a great cause as well.
0: Yeah, it's really good stuff. I, I think like I mentioned a little bit earlier in the beer segment today, it, it's kind of on everybody to go and help people out, right? If there's a place that you're going for food every week, or if there's a place that, you know, every couple of weeks, like long live for us. Like, you know, we'll go and drag a few friends, have a couple of pints, go home and go and go out and hit G Pub after, right? Um it, it's the simple things like that, that if you want that to return to the way that it was and to return that the way that you enjoyed it, then you need to help them out right now. So go down if they're not doing any orders, grab a gift card, put some cash in their pocket. I mean, it's all going uh hopefully to to a
1: good place and to to help these people out. So exactly. Well said, Jake. Well said. So that's it for us tonight. Thanks for listening again. Stick around for next week. We're gonna have another great episode. And until then, we're signing off. I'm Will, that's Jake. Have a great night. See you folks. Thank mm-hmm. you.